Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas. This is season eight, and we're getting toward the end of season eight. And this is our first guest for season eight of 2023. And if you guys have not heard of our guest, I want you guys to look him up at the end, and we will learn a lot more about him throughout this interview. His name is Andreas Aparicio. He hails from Bakersfield, California, and he has pretty much worked persistently with his tour schedule and having the ability to frequently release music of quality. And he has earned his street name after him in no time. Although the fall of Troy, Hill the Sun, has been nice enough to let him open up for their shows, Andreas has had trouble being embraced by the progressive post-hardcore community due to his embarrassingly cheesy lyrics. This is what he said, not me, you guys. <laughs> Obvious musical show tune influences. But I love his music. I love what he stands for. Andreas' social media bio reads, I ain't nothing but a jazz hound baby. And I'm just excited to have here on the show. Thank you so much, Andreas. For being Thanks, here. man. I was laughing the entire time you were reading that. <laughs> uh so like just like first and foremost um kind of having like a self uh like a, i guess like a autobiography is is kind of um necessary sometimes like i'll do shows or i'll do festivals where they ask me to send in a bio and I always found it really funny, like how much time artists and bands will spend on their bio, like making themselves sound like really cool. <clears throat> so I thought it'd be really funny if my bio was kind of the opposite and I made myself sound really lame. You know, the funny, just, the funny thing about just that as a joke. is like, I think that's just a part of music. Like you'll start to see um, a lot of great artists who can, you need to know how to make fun and just have that as a part of your career like because when you think of some of the best artists in the world some of the music videos may kind of make fun even of their old music videos or their song lyrics might poke fun at something i think that's a great thing and it just keeps people engaged yeah absolutely yeah and um yeah so that bio that i sent you was just the bio that i send anyone whenever they ask for a bio and it's kind of, it is one of those things where like they are expecting like something serious. And then like the more they're reading it, they're like, wait a minute, this is, this is kind of a joke. <laughs> but you know, what isn't a joke. So I want to kind of go directly into that. I created some questions that I think might be really yeah. fun. And so some of them might be titles that you might know. So I want to start with my first question, which is directed into the word of poetry. So if you were able okay. to create a title of a poem that represents your challenges in life, what would you call it? Oh, wow. That is, that is a, <laughs> that is a well-worded question. Uh, so you're asking me if I could create a title of a poem that would represent the challenges in my life. That's what the question is. Mm. Yes, sir. Okay. A title of a poem that would represent the challenges. Okay, yeah, I would pick um I would pick milk, eggs and peanut butter. That would be the title of my poem to express the challenges in my life. 
So you definitely have to break that down for us. <laughs> Tell us why did you choose those? Uh, I have severe allergies to milk, eggs, and peanut butter. And uh, my entire life, it's just been something that I've struggled with. Oh, man. You've actually... But, but, like, but like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would say that my life is very, like, I have a very um, fortunate life. And uh, I guess what I'm really saying is I don't have much to complain about. But if I did have something to look back and say, oh, that was something that was a challenge in my life, it would be my allergies. And I totally understand that. Like for me, I'm lactose intolerant myself. And so mm-hmm. it's definitely been a challenge, you know, having to take lactate pills or being aware of what's in certain foods. That's about the only really major issue I would say. But like, if I had to be allergic to like shrimp or oysters and stuff, I would probably lose my mind. I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> I know. It, it's so funny because people tell me all the time that they couldn't live with my allergies, but uh, there are like certain foods that I absolutely love. And when I find out that people are allergic to that, I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't live with those allergies. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, if I had to do out eggs or milk or peanut butter, certain, I can do that. But like seafood, absolutely not. I just love me some seafood. But here's the thing though. A lot of the seafood that you like may be cooked with butter and that's it. And that's milk. Really? Yeah. So like, that's, that's like the biggest thing about these allergies is that like, they're very subtle. Like sometimes people will use eggs to fry something, you know, like, uh, if you get like, um, like a fried meat product, they might've used eggs to, um, bind the, the breading with the meat. Or like sometimes people use butter to cook like steak or sometimes they use butter to cook um, certain products. So it's like that that's the, the challenging part is like figuring out the every single little ingredient that's involved in making the um, the final meal. Okay, that does make sense. So that just keeps you conscientious of like what not only you're putting in your body, but just also letting people know like on the front end, Hey, these are some of the things that I can and cannot have and just researching. Yeah. So, yeah. So like that's why, like when you were talking about the challenges in life, I was literally thinking like, well, last, I had an allergic reaction last week at dinner that like my stepmom cooked and she accidentally put something and something that I ate. And like, I had an allergic reaction like immediately and like things like that, like happen a lot to me. And it's like, it's just like a total accident, but it definitely ruins my evening. 100%. I can understand that. And, you know, one thing I want to kind of segue to, which can be a difficult time for many people, is high school. And that kind of goes into my next question. So what is one thing that you learned in high school that you feel still applies to you today as an adult? Um... In high school, I was um, hanging out with like a lot of different bands that were touring and playing house shows and playing really small shows and venues and just like playing all the time kind of thing. And I think like in high school, I learned this uh, lesson of like, you have to like be extremely humble and like hardworking if you want to like try to achieve something. 
Um, because a lot of those bands that like I would pay attention to, or I was like hanging around, like they just kept doing what they were doing and they uh, ended up in a really great place for themselves in their careers. And like to, to, you know, to see them go from playing house shows to playing bigger and bigger venues kind of thing was always like um, a big learning lesson for me. And I think that that was like something that I really was obsessed with in high school was paying attention to um, other bands and like how they went about careers and i think that's definitely something that i um i'm really i'm really happy that i learned that in high school i think that's a great lesson for a lot of our younger listeners to kind of be aware of when i think of a lot of my favorite bands when you think a lot of it started in middle school or high school and just even the changes that can happen as we're going through puberty our own experiences that you're able to build that connection with those that core group and hopefully for many bands, there's some bands that have still been in existence after 20, 30 years with some of the same core members. But I think you learn a lot about yourself through those experiences, through heartbreak, you know, um, challenges that you face musically. Of course, music has shifted over the last, I would say, 15 to 25 years, where the accessibility of music has shifted. Um, albums versus singles is a big difference. Um, even streaming services, how that has kind of made it um, a lot harder for some artists and for others. It's actually given people an opportunity to be independent artists while having to get a big record deal. Um, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So yeah, I love that about music. That's the great part. I always say one of the negatives is that you it's not the same anticipation. Like when I was younger growing up, going to a concert or waiting at the Ticketmaster or, or, you know, calling and, and just seeing if I can get it. Now people just buy tickets in a point five seconds and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I really missed that experience or even following bands um, going further back to my youth, like think of like MySpace, like that was such a big thing back then. And, you know, now we have, of course, mm -hmm. TikTok and we have Instagram and so many other platforms, but there was only like those major ones that people would use and it was yeah. a great experience to see um, artistry versus just that immediate gratification of just picking up a single or you know, streaming something. I agree. Yeah. That uh, there was a magic definitely that was involved back then um, that is missing to a certain extent. Um, but I guess like, I don't know. I, I think it was a very natural evolution and I think I think like the way that things are now is always like um, meant to be in a way. Because I think like the way that things are now has been like a correction of uh, the mistakes that were made in the past. Like, I mean, um, like you're talking about streaming, you know, like at one point in time, people were just downloading music for free. But now people pay for a Spotify for a Spotify membership to listen to music whenever they want to. And that's like a that that's like a way of I feel like that was a way of the music industry correcting itself. Where they figured out a way to make people pay, but they pay for a service that is more convenient for them than having to go and download music on some sort of website. 100%. And I know what we're talking about. I'm not going to mention the name, but yes, there was a major one, of course. Yeah. 
um, yeah, there was a few websites, you know, where people could figure out how to download anything at any given moment for free. And then, you know, the music industry kind of corrected itself. And it was like, actually, how about we make you pay for a membership and you can listen to anything you want ever, like ever made at any given time? Absolutely. And I, that's what I said. Music has shifted so much. I'm so glad you brought that, um, Andreas, because I feel like we have to be so careful with, you know, what we listen to. And I think when we think of kids now, of course, you know, I remember when I was younger, there were a lot of things you couldn't buy. You, let's use that as an example, like with music, you had to be, things have kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, things definitely shifted. Um, but yeah, and also you were talking about, um, sorry, hold on. Hold on one second. Oh, no problem. So while we're waiting, you guys, I do want to kind of talk about um, some new shows that are coming up. So one show for sure, you guys, I just started with Dorian. Um, it's called Embracing Your Love Marks. And it's an amazing show that talks about self-love and being able to talk about traumas and experiences that people go through. So if anyone's interested, of course, in listening, please check it out. It's available on Spotify. I'm so excited to have Dorian as a co-host on the show. And you're going to see some amazing guests that we've had on previous shows that will be coming back. So I'm very excited um, for some new artists that we're going to have coming in the month of January and February. So please go out and check embracing your love marks and then also for some of my guests that's been on space between that is a live performing show that i have i'm just so excited that it's been doing extremely well and we're going to have some new guests coming in 2023 on space between as well so please go out and stream and check out both shows and please support the artists and people that are out there because i think it's important that we continue to support especially independent artists in their careers. Cool. Sorry about that. There was just some dogs barking. I had to get them out of the get out of the room. So you you should have changed that to who lets the dog out. That's what we needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dogs are out. All dogs are out. Sorry, no more distractions. All right. So I want to ask you another question about high school. So is there a specific activity that you participated in in high school that be your fans would be surprised to know that you actually did in high school? You know, um, I was a very active high school, like, student, and I don't think that my fans would be surprised to uh, hear that, because I feel like all the activities I did in school are very, like, evident in my music. Um, so I was in orchestra, and I played the stand-up bass, and I was also in jazz band, and I played the bass guitar. And then I was also in theater, so I, I acted in all the plays. And I think that, like, if, yeah, like, I think any of my fans would probably just be like, oh, that makes sense, because there's a lot of, like, orchestra and jazz elements in my music. And then in my music videos, there's, like, a lot of, like, theater elements. Yes, and that does make a lot of sense, like you mentioned. I love like plays and seeing people perform and share their yeah. experience. That's always been a big thing for me. One of the first plays that I actually went to go see was Cats. And yeah, oh, yeah. such a great one. That was in, let me see how many years ago that was. I was still in high school, actually. 
And so we had, um, my cousin and I had gone to Mississippi. She was taking her, her mom, Ashley, on her birthday, uh-huh. and it was a surprise. And just to see that, you know, here in memory, which is one of my favorite songs, and it was just such a great experience. And then just being able to watch different, you know, live shows and seeing people perform and being from New Orleans. I mean, it's a live show pretty much mm-hmm. all the time from Jazz Fest to uh, Essence Festival to just things like that that I really enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I never felt like I missed out on anything because it's such an eclectic mm-hmm. city. And so moving from New Orleans, I'd still bring that culture with me. But I just always go back in my mind. I'm like, man, I actually was able to have Mardi Gras yeah. every single year and I never had to travel for it. I could just pretty much walk and and be there and just meet so many amazing people from all over the world who were traveling to just have a good time. So it was just like they say, let the good times roll. It was such a great experience to be able to see that growing up as a, as a kid. That's amazing. I, I have no idea what that would feel like, but I would love to have, you know, a little glimpse of that experience. Because I'm not too familiar with New Orleans. Uh, I think I've only been there once. But um, I think just, I know, like, I'm familiar a little bit with the Mardi Gras um, events. Like, as far as, like, all the live music and, like, the live bands and, like, the live brass instruments and everything. And I think that's really cool. Uh, I think just, like, live anything. Like, the thing about, like, a live performance or, like, watching a band live it's it's different than watching a movie or watching like a music video because you're really just experiencing like this uh this performance and when people are on a stage versus on the screen they have to really cater to the audience they have to look at the audience and they have to like figure out what the mood is and how to try to be entertained kind of thing and um it's it's very uh I don't know, yeah, I guess it's magical. It's it's very fun to experience. Absolutely. And I think that's the magic of live performing and just watching people just live their best life on stage. I, I enjoy that as well. So I have a fun question for you. Can you tell me um, yeah. if you have the opportunity to sit down with any three music artists, either alive or dead? Who would you want to have a conversation with and how would you have chosen those three people? Uh, let's see. I think right off the bat, um, Drake is like my favorite artist of all time. So he would definitely be one of them. And um, Gerard Way, the singer of My Chemical Romance. Uh, he's like one of my favorite lead singers of a band ever. And then um, I think also maybe Andre 3000 because he's another favorite of mine. And I think that, I don't know, I feel like all three of those people would have something different to say because they all, in my opinion, have like approached their music careers very differently. But I, I like respect their artistry and their performance so much that I would just really be uh, curious to pick their brain or just like, maybe get a glimpse of um, the inspiration behind some of my favorite songs kind of thing. I love that. And My Chemical Romance was actually one of my favorite bands growing up. One of my favorite songs is I'm Not Okay, I Promise. Yeah, I love, I I adore that band. I have like My Chemical Romance tattoos. Like that's one of my favorite bands in the world. 
Oh, wow. I'm just an eclectic person with music, like any type of music yeah. I love to hear. So I can go from that to Blink-182. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Blink. Yes. Yeah. All-American Rejects. And then I can go to rapping with yeah. Eminem and Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Eminem's the best. Uh, oh, I love Kendrick. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just music is music. I feel like it's it's a way for us to connect and, and get to know a lot about others and their experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, it, it was always funny to me how people subscribe to, like, a certain genre. They're like, oh, I just like this genre. And it's like, oh, there's so many genres that speak to the human experience. And that's why, like, I've always loved hip hop and rock. Um, like the same, like Drake is my favorite artist, but like at the same time, I came across is my favorite band, you know? And those two music, like those two genres and those two artists have like nothing in common, but they, I guess they just both speak to my human experience. For real. But it goes back to look look at Aerosmith and Run DMC. We'll walk this way. I mean, that's one of the best examples of two yeah. totally different styles. And it worked. So Elton John and Eminem performing together at the Grammys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It was. I mean, one thing about me is I love the Grammys for that reason. Because you really get to see, uh-huh. like, when Prince and Beyonce performed. And just, I mean. Yeah, they bring they bring a lot of different worlds together. Yes. And that's what music does for me. So I'm glad that you mentioned those artists. Um, definitely an Andre 3000, yeah. I mean, just amazing. I adore Andre 3000. I think he's like one of the, inc- like one of the most incredible songwriters ever. And Absolutely. yeah, to this day, like I, I revere him. I, yeah, he's awesome. So if I had to answer this one, it changes every time, but I definitely would say one person I love probably more than anyone else. Everyone knows how much I love Tori Kelly. So that's one artist I really enjoy. Oh, Tori Kelly. Huge fan of hers. Um, He's like a like a singer songwriter, plays acoustic guitar. Yes, yes, and she has like the curly hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. That's yeah. Tori Kelly. I've seen her a couple of times in concert, and she is even better in concert than she actually is on her records, and that's unbelievable because the records are great. So she's one. Um, definitely, if I had to choose another artist, Stevie Wonder. I mean, I just. I've always admired okay. his career and his ability to perform multiple instruments oh, yeah. and to just sing his heart out. I mean, he has influenced a lot of artists. And then I'll probably switch it up if I, I bust the rhymes is one of my favorite rappers. So I probably would throw him in there just to kind of, Oh yeah. I, mean, I love twist as well. So there might be a, a mix of the two. Oh, okay. And just <laughs> listen to them rap. I mean, cause I do, do not have that ability, but I love to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> That that's that's a uh, that's the cool thing about a lot of different genres is that there are artists that are um, very skilled in a certain aspect of the genre that it makes you love that artist. Like, like I, I've always liked like uh, like Lil Wayne and Drake, but there are other artists like Busta Rhymes and Twista and uh, Eminem who are like literally skillful rappers. And you listen to their music because you love like how talented and you love their performance and like no one else can rap like them kind of thing. 100%. And I've, I've interviewed some amazing rappers on this show. I see one of my good friends on here now, um, Mr. Brandon Reedy's listening in really good rapper as well. Um, So I love to see people do great things. Love. Um, amazing people who can share their experiences. Um, and I think the best thing about this is that you get to 
to see people live in their truth as artists. And I feel like when we think of artistry in general, it's about kind of being aware of where you want to be and how you want to represent yourself in this field. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's one of the greatest things about music for sure. So I, I, I do want to kind of ask you about like the new year. I know yeah, I totally. to do what's called resolutions. Um, I believe in like creating goals for the year. So can you tell me what type mm-hmm. of goal did you set for 2023? Yeah. Uh, so basically this year I'm like trying to record and release a new album. Uh, I spent a good amount of last year touring and uh, I would like to spend more time this year, like, really finishing a body of work and releasing it. Cause I didn't actually, I didn't do that last year. Uh, last year, mostly was just touring and uh, I released a few songs, but this year I, I like to release an album. So pretty much for the next few months, I'll be writing and recording a new album. Uh, try to get it out at, at a certain time this year. And then of course, you know, play shows and tour as much as I can. Cause that's really what the, that's like the whole process of this is just like you make music and then you tour off of it and then you come home and you make music and then you go tour off of it. Like kind of a never ending cycle. But I think the best thing about that cycle, as you mentioned, is that you can create music. And I feel like the creativity that goes into the songwriting aspect or just having maybe even ghostwriters who can assist in that, it makes things so much you know, greater when you actually release something that you're proud of and you say, hey, this is something I worked months on or even if it's just one single and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm building this up to gain a fan base for my album. So I, I just love what I see. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Andres, can you tell me um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to a younger version of yourself? Hmm. I would say to a younger version of myself... Um, you said advice, a piece of advice? Yes, sir. A piece of advice. Hmm. I would say, um, just keep, uh, observing people that you admire and observe the, the kind of steps that they took in their career to get where they are. Because I, I think that I was kind of doing that as a kid. Um, but I think the more that I've gotten older, the more I realize, like, wow, I really should have paid. I should have been paying more attention to um, other people's, like, worth ethics and what it really takes to get to a certain place that you want to be uh, in your career. And um, just realizing that, like, you may be able to write a song and you may think it's a good song and your friends will tell you it's a good song, but that doesn't really mean jack shit. If you're not going to go out and play shows and perform that song, or if you're not going to like make a music video and release uh, it as a single, or if you're not going to dump in like hundreds of dollars of advertisement to promote that song, like there's just so much that goes into trying to be an artist that you're not aware of when you're younger. Because when you're younger, you're kind of like, um, you don't really understand the way the world works. And you just think like, oh, if I'm good at music and people tell me I'm good, then like maybe in a few years I'll be famous or something. And then you really realize like, oh my God, there's like 
so much more of a machine behind artists. And uh, if you really want to break out or have a career for yourself, like you really have to play a thousand shows a year and you have to like dump a lot of money into promoting yourself kind of thing. And I think those are the kind of thing that you learn from others. Um, if you pay, if you play, if you pay close enough attention to them. So I would I, I my advice would be to pay closer attention to other artists that are um, do the same thing that you're trying to do. I think that's great advice. And I think the differences that we kind of mentioned a little earlier, especially with artists today is that you can have that viral moment where maybe someone picks up and has a dance craze or something based on a song and you you'll see artists who will immediately uh-huh. become late night or early morning i like to call them celebrities where you're like wow where did this come from but all uh-huh. that one person to repost it or someone to share it or just for it to be maybe even used in a movie or soundtrack for something and you're like wow now you've actually built a fan base and that's what you mm-hmm. say you can kind of use that momentum to build the career that you want for yourself. Yeah, totally. There's so many different ways to have a moment in your career and it looks different for everybody else. But yeah, it might be a TikTok song. It might be a song in a movie or a TV show. Um, it might just be a song that like has a grassroots movement where somebody heard it and they shared it with all their friends and then they shared it with all their friends. And then next thing you know, all these people know about this artist that's like not necessarily a household name, but the song just got shared so much. And I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many different uh, ways to have um, pivotal moments in your career. And it looks different for everybody. But I guess the most important thing is just to keep exploring all those avenues and working as hard as you can to better your chances of having one of those moments. Absolutely. I I love to hear that. And I think that's sage advice, especially for young people who are wanting this career. I think that's something they can definitely listen to later and be able to use this information. So before, before we end, I wanted to um, have two last questions for you. So the first question is, can you tell our listeners where can they find you online? And the second part of that question is what's next for you. So that way people know what they can look out for either online or in live shows. Yeah. So uh, my handle for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is at Andres A. Musica. So it's uh, my name, the initial of my last name, and then the word music in Spanish. Uh, And then I'll spell it out. So it's A-N-D-R-E-S-A-M-U- S-I-C-A. And that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm always promoting myself on those sites. And um, yeah, I'm always going to be releasing playing shows and updating all those socials on there. And then what's next for me is um, I don't have any plans as of right now. I don't have any touring plans, but I will be recording an album within these next few months and releasing it some at some time this year. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to be able to hear it. So make sure you send me some information so I can definitely support you in what you're doing. And you are amazing. I love your, your, what you stand for. I love your music. And so thank you, first of all, for being my first guest in 2023 and sharing your story with us. And I want our listeners to remember 
to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. I really appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it, bro. Oh, uh, no problem. Well, hopefully I'll have you back in the future. So just let me know when the new music is coming out. And if you want to perform any, let me know. I can have you on our show, Space Between. And then in the future, if you want to kind of do more in-depth about life experiences, my third podcast, as I mentioned, you guys, is called Embracing Your Love Marks. I co-host with Dorian. And it's an amazing show that kind of talks about people's experiences in life and challenges and how we overcome them. So I really want to continue to keep expanding and, and sharing um, hope, strength, and love, which is what we need to start to see in this world, less divisiveness and more connectedness. And so I'm so grateful to have you here. Hey, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. And I definitely resonate with everything you just said right now. I appreciate that. Well, you have a great night and we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye.